You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is one special episode because it is number 100, finally hit the three digits. Uh, (laughs) Yes, that's Corey, if you're listening. I've got two friends with me. I'm doing something a little bit different today. I got uh, Corey Dodd and Nick Gulick uh, joining the the show. Guys, thanks for joining. Uh, Thanks for having us on. Thank you. 100 episodes, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it seems a bit weird. Like, it doesn't feel like I've been doing it for that long. Um, but, look, I wanted to do this episode with you guys because I don't think there are two people that are more helpful to agencies in all the, the classic Facebook groups, like obviously mine, which is um, Grow Your Web Design Business by Content Snare. A bit of a mouthful. <laughs> uh, but, like, you guys are consistently delivering, like, well thought out, um, amazing answers to everyone asking questions in there, like a lot more than I am. So it probably should be your group and your group. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, I mean, you guys are still there. You're still doing the agency thing um, and you guys have a lot of good advice. So, yeah, um, thank you so much for being a part of this. And Well, first of all, congratulations on 100 episodes, mate. That's pretty awesome. Cheers, Corey. Um, um- yeah. And I think today we were uh, talking about a little bit, doing something a little bit different. We're going to sort of take over the show and throw a few questions back at our James for a change. Yeah, um, I wasn't really sure how this would go. <laughs> I'm interested. Uh, but to people listening, we've decided on a little bit of a format, new format where yeah, these guys are going to interview me and God knows where that's going to go. Uh, but at the end, we're going to go through basically all the common problems that we see agencies having, uh, everything from getting clients through to like not having enough time. So this could go for a long time, but we're going to keep uh, all our answers pretty short and succinct and just get you some actionable advice um, in you know as few words as we can um, after these guys are going to grill me apparently. Well, yes. I think I think what we're going to do now is let's go a little bit Joe Rogan, right? Forget this short and succinct. Let's let's just I don't know. Let's smoke some weed and, um, and just talk <laughs> shit not, for a while. We're not allowed yeah. in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look, dude. I um look. I have some. I, I had a lot of questions actually when I was thinking about this, and it was more around where you were when you started a podcast, right? So you know, um, I I've been doing this what well, I don't know four or five years or whatever. Um, and I came across your podcast. You're already going, I don't know, about 50 episodes in when I encountered you. And at that point, I, well, actually, I don't even know when it was, but you already had content snare. And so I'm looking back going, man, what was it like when you started? You know, so tell me more, like what, what position were you in when you started the podcast? Did you have an agency? Yeah, actually, Good question. I, while you were talking, I quickly jumped back to the very first episode ever on Agency Highway where I did an intro um, and it was on July 2nd, 2018. So that helps me yeah. understand where I was at that point. Yeah, wow. 20, yeah. So Content Snare was, I think we started coding early 2017 and we had the first version out uh, for public release 
in, I want to say July-ish. So yeah, about at this point, Content Snare must have been around a year old. Uh, okay. Would have been, you know, fairly early on in the life cycle, not doing that much revenue. Um, and we, I think we were still doing websites. And this is going to come up later when we talk about, uh, I guess, getting clients. Because I reckon I, I stopped telling people we did websites in like late 2017. And we were still getting loads of websites at this point just through like partnerships and stuff we'd built. Word of um, mouth. <laughs> yeah, man. It's word of mouth and partnerships are just it's so, so, so powerful. And yeah, I think what was I doing? Content Snare was everything. Like I was trying to put everything behind Content Snare. We still had the agency, which was eating up a bit of my time and I didn't want it to. Um, but we also, what I don't talk about a lot is we had some website uh, software development jobs that um, we had a, quite a few team members working on, but I, I kind of didn't even touch that that side of the business anymore. Yep. Okay. okay. So, um, so you had an agency that was eating up some time. You had a couple of software development jobs that were going on um, and you had contents in there, which was your baby that you were trying to push mm. and drive as much as possible. What made you start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, so... Really, it came down to relationships and an easy way to meet people that I would otherwise not get access to. So, yeah, like I never so much cared about listener numbers and, and download volume and all that sort of thing. I had an audience already through Content Snare and through the blog and uh, where we put helpful content and the group, right? And it was kind of just like, it seems like a thing to do. A lot of people told me to start a podcast. Um, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the main thing I was like, you know what? Um, if I can lead with value, if I want to, because a big thing, I think so much in business comes down to who you know and networking and, and making, building relationships. And, you know, if, if I want to meet someone like an influencer, let's say in our space, I, I can reach out to them and what am I going to say? Like, oh, um, do you want to promote our shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're just being a value leech. Whereas if I can say, hey, uh, come on our show. Um, we I have an audience of agencies that want to hear what you're saying and I think what you do is really awesome. Yeah, you start the relationship off so much better because you're giving them value. Yeah, you're provide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's well. I think that's a really good question from Nick because uh, there's a lot of people, obviously, even people that are listening to this, people like myself. There's so many people sort of toying with the idea of doing podcasts, and and I think when you start with a reason that's, um, like you're saying, it wasn't really about audience numbers and and downloads. I think that's the thing that people get sort of stuck on. Like they just think that they can, you know, monetize this sort of thing and get get all these listeners and. If you can start with something that's really genuine, I think, you know, like that, that's a really simple like networking proposition that you are basically starting with. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I think you kind of got to forget having large numbers and um, monetizing. A lot of people yep. start out like that and I think they're setting themselves up for failure. I've got, I, I know the numbers of a few other podcasts and, you know, no one's, no one I know, I mean, there are a few people that are just doing super well, but it's not like, insane numbers that people i think people see oh podcasting like these guys are getting hundreds of thousands of downloads you know like yeah i don't think many people are really getting that you have to enjoy it and and use it for like enjoy the process and have another thing you know like yeah. it, it really does open doors like that's the benefit for me i guess it's probably kind of like writing a book a lot of people write a book as and they they swear by it and say it just helps them 
opened so many doors, whether they use it as like a business card, they give it to people, which is, I don't know, seems a bit douchey to me, but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think having a book gets you some level of respect. Yep. Uh, and this, that's definitely happened with the podcast. I guess this is probably getting into something Nick was going to ask, uh, like what are the benefits being, but like that, it, when you meet people in real life that have been listening to you on a podcast for a while, like, God, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. And, and people like to hear when people like that, if it's been actually helpful for people like that, like nothing like getting the feeling when someone says something you've said has been helpful. I'm sure you guys get that all the time with your oh. shit in the Facebook groups. All the time. Look out. Go, <laughs> go through my letters. <laughs> I mean, like I have to filter through a lot of hate mail, but eventually, <laughs> eventually I find the occasional compliment. Yeah, from uh, Okay. Yeah, from, <laughs> from I mean, You mom. guys are both tough love kind of like your yeah, advice is like that. And I so appreciate that. And you would like a lot of people do. I'm so sick of all the the bullshit, like fluffing around the issue, not just saying how it is just to protect someone's feelings. Like yeah. this is a really big issue in SaaS. You know, people have like an idea for a SaaS or an app and no one will just be like, that's a shit idea. Don't do that. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah. yeah, that's a cool idea. And then they spend like 12 months building it and launch it and no one wants it because it was a shit idea. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's no validate early. Validate yeah. early, spend money. You are doing it you people a service if you be honest yeah. with them. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer in practicality and being honest and upfront. So um, I'm not going to lie to someone and, you know, mm. for their feelings, like I'd rather, I know how I prefer, I prefer people hurt my feelings and save me money. Um, in think, the long run. So. <laughs> I think the word in there, though, is it's tough and love, you know. It's, there's a bit of like, you know, you've come from the right place and you're trying to say, that, say the right thing. Um, it's like constructive feedback. There's, a, there's ripping people apart for being an asshole, and then there's just a, you know, providing something that's, yeah. that's actually factual and just saying, look, forget the fluff. Let's just get to the the, the core problem and, and, and chat about yeah. it. So yeah, well, there's yeah. two sides to this too. Like I said, you've kind of got to be a little bit of an asshole and, and say how it is, but you also have to be accepting of that feedback and actually invite it. Yeah. It's almost become a standard thing. I include when I ask for feedback in emails and and like through live chat now is like. Please be brutal. You're not like, don't like worry about hurting my feelings. Like this yeah. is actually the most helpful stuff. And I've said that so many times in emails and yep. it gets real feedback, which is what yeah. you want. Yep. Yeah. Like this is a business. Like, tell, like this, is, yeah. this, is, this is this is for gain, you know. This yeah. Don't make a, me feel good. It's not personal. It's not yeah. personal. Yeah. Just yeah. tell me how it is. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. All right. So um, had the agency, did the, uh, had the content snare, started a podcast, Primarily for networking, not because you wanted to buy a Lambo. Um, <laughs> well, still on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. It's like, yeah, I'm sure one day it's going to just connect and make all this money for me. Great. Um, right, yep. So, that was, that was you said that was what, 2017, July? 2017? 2018. So yeah. 2018. All right. So, it's been almost two years now and you're hitting episode 100. So, run us through. Where are you now? Yeah. So the agency is pretty much gone. Um, well, pretty much like it's interesting. We still have one software development project, which is mm -hmm. basically just a monthly kind of retainer thing. And that is so helpful when you're building a new product. Um, because I mean, it provides some sort of decent level of stable income. The agency itself, like websites, marketing, all that stuff gone. I haven't done any of that in a long time. Oh, what what else is there? I mean, I was always the kind of person that was doing too much stuff at once. 
And so mm-hmm. I've been very uh, mindful of that and tried not to take on too many things. Um, but as you guys know, I have the Zapier course now. So yep. um, over the course of this podcast and in life, real life networking, a lot of people, I, I end up talking about automation a lot because I love it. And yep. so a lot of people ask me, for help with automation and literally said, I will pay you to teach me this. And I went, bullshit, you will. And um, this, and this comes down to like uh, the, the positive feedback stuff again. It's like, I can't believe people just saying like, Oh, you should teach automation. Everyone. No. So the only way to find out was do a pre-launch, which Nick has learned lately too. Oh yeah. Pre-launch for his sell by (laughs) helping course, which we'll link up in the show notes. Um, But you know, that is how you know something's real when people get out their credit cards and give you money. Yeah. Um, so I did a pre-launch for the Zapier course and now that's a thing. Um, so yeah, I teach people how to use Zapier and get more productive with other tools. It's quite fun. Um, it's a good course. Thanks, man. So yeah. so that's where I am now. It's it's Content Snare, the, this podcast, and um, JimmyRose.me for all my sort of automation stuff. I'm actually putting more time into YouTube now on for automation stuff under the yep. Jimmy Rose brand, if you will. Yep, nice. But mm. um, no more websites. Yeah, it's not yeah. a thing anymore. So so how does, how does this podcast now fit in considering it's primarily oriented towards agency owners? Um, does that still fit in with content snare? Um, and how does it fit in with, you know, the courses and everything like that? Yeah, well, that's a good question. And I knew you were going to ask it and I don't have an answer to it. It's, okay. it's, it's interesting, man, because I like things have changed so much since I started this podcast, like, con- like agencies while still the primary audience for content snare, like most of our, most people that use and love content snare are agencies still it is changing because mm. now all these other industries are finding us. So we're changing our language to be a bit more generic or to have landing pages for other services like finance brokers, like this whole doc that people use it for document collection. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. become like finance brokers, insurance brokers, accountants, bookkeepers, real estate, HR events, like online summits. It's all over the place now. So the podcast is kind of strange it, it, it not even, it's not even a direct alignment with anything anymore, but I love the guests I get to have on. I love this industry because it's where I came from. It's how I met you guys. Uh, well, you're still very much connected with, with agencies through the, the work that you do anyway. Like, you know, the events you go to, it's kind of, we're still a part of the circle that, that you mix with. So even though it's not your focus, it's still in your yeah, um, your network and a part of what well, you now do. until until you uh, make enough money to ditch us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is <laughs> that pause there. That's no. that was gold. I oh, sorry, that, oh, yeah, got, that, that, that was really yet. poorly timed. Um, I'm not ditching anybody. I'm just thinking about like the podcast, and it, it is just strange. Like I don't like I can't tell you how this is a business decision anymore, which probably means that's bad. <laughs> like, it's not really, you know, it's just having cool people on and having cool conversations and networking with people um, on the internet, really. Yeah. That's, that's, well, all right. That so sounds like the same of, proposition as a start though. That's sort of what, where, you know, yeah. where you got this thing moving. Speaking so. of, right, so one of the things you mentioned a couple of times now is all the cool people you've had on and you have. I mean, there's like what, Brennan Dunn, Jennifer Bourne, James Schramko, Brent Weaver, you know, Troy Dean, yeah, um, dude, you don't yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got so many amazing people that you've had on, um, you know, over the hundred episodes. Um, run us through, man. What are some of the some of the best episodes you've had? Which which stand out the most? Um, which ones made the biggest impact on you as well? 
um, you know, uh, yeah. give, us some, give us some of your your Jimmy Rose wisdom. Well, that's that's int- that's a hard one. I don't have any wisdom. <laughs> it's just other people's wisdom that I'm going to regurgitate. Give us but- give us some of Jimmy Rose's other people's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I know you, you prompted me that like you might ask this question, and so I started actually going back through the list of people like every episode and just like writing the ones down, and I was like, holy crap, this is ridiculous. Like I I guess I kind of forgot some of the people like some of the names that have had on, like you, you were going through some names there and like, like Brennan Dunn um, from the, was it W freelancing and, and right message and Jennifer Bourne, like James Shremko, man, like mm-hmm. some, like the list is just goes and goes. And like the founder of Beaver Builder, Robbie McCulloch, founder of Weblium, David Braun, um, um, Bonjoro founder, the ClickUp founder. Bonjoro is uh, Matt Barnett and ClickUp Zeb Evans. I'm just like going through this being like, holy crap, like how do I get these people on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It's kind of just happened. Um, but most popular episodes, um, this is insane. Still, episode number two is the most downloaded episode ever with Mr. Corey Dodd. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it is still out at number one. Wow, um, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't. In, I should have been at the front of the best best guest then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, well, man, like people love your episode. But we it, that's one all about how to price websites, and that was a, a really big topic. Yeah, man, yeah. awesome deep dive into like creating pricing tiers for websites and like value-based pricing rather than charging for your time. And I mean, it's one of the biggest things agency struggles, struggles that agencies struggle with, which we'll get into later. So that's number one. Number two is um, uh, episode 27, double your business in 90 days with Hannah Latonic. And obviously I think that, I think the name gets people in on that one. Like the, um, everyone wants to double their business in 90 days. Right. So there was a lot of, a lot of cool advice in that one. And we'll link all these up in the show notes as well. I'll probably put a top 10 of um, all these different um, articles. Actually, I just, I just realized number nine is also Corey Dodd. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine. Yes. It's the, the, again, raising your prices with Christine Thatcher and Corey Dodd. But um, number three was my, one of my first interviews I ever did with James Shremko and like to be able to get a name like that on the podcast so early on was amazing, you know? Um, But you know, as, as far as the ones that I got the most value out of, Oh God, there's so many. I know Brennan Dunn's episode was amazing. Um, He talked a lot about using events for lead generation. So Mm -hmm. actually going and, like getting invited to like, well, not even invited, like reaching out to people that run meetups in your area, speaking at them and then having some kind of lead magnet that you give them at the end. Um, I thought that was just a cool freaking strategy that something I'd been thinking about for a while. And um, yeah, because I love in-person events and that. And it was just cool because not it's a different kind of thing that most people don't talk about. Mm. Um. Yeah, everyone's focused on the online and they forget that offline, like yeah. I, I've made I've made a lot more money from offline stuff that I do than I have from online stuff that I do. That's that's my hundred yeah. percent my focus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Um another one that's had, that had a bit of impact on um on me was SEO for your agency and clients with Phil, Phil Singleton, another big name. Like you basically yeah. wrote one of like the SEO yeah. Bible SEO or whatever for, it's called. I think it's SEO for growth. 
Yeah, something like that. And it's a monster yeah, book. Huge, man. Yeah. yeah. So, and one of the things he told me was all he pretty much does for SEO now is go on podcasts. Um, <laughs> and, and then he asked me if I would like to go on his podcast. And I went, yes, yes, I will do that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> Let me think. Uh, yes. Uh, but I had actually too noticed this, that when you go on podcasts, they get syndicated in a lot of places and it can result in a lot of links. So there's a cool little Ooh. tip going on podcasts is great uh, for SEO and it came from an SEO man himself. Uh, listening with a podcast, um, I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would recommend both these guys as podcast guests, Corey Dodd, Nick Cooley. Let's let's get on it. Get them on some more podcasts because you guys help so much without getting like, well, I don't know if you get anything in return um, because you're just giving people advice. Yeah, warm and fuzzies are good, but you I, know. I've never. Um, I don't know, man. Look, it's it's actually a really interesting topic, right? About why why people help. Um, so I've always been like I've always had this thing where it's like I want to improve things around me, and yep. so that you know starts like at home, the family life, my friends, um, wherever I work, my clients, and then just keeps expanding out. And I've always had this thing where I like to, you know, I'd love to do stuff that improves the industry I'm in. Um, And, you know, I've always had this thing about like making things better. Like that's my kind of my tagline is I want to make things better. And so, you know, if I'm in a group and I see people talk about something that I can help with, I'm going to give them some guidance. I mean, I'm not going to go and like craft an essay for them or like pull them into a one hour. (laughs) You do. Uh, I'm not going to pull them into a one hour like consult or something for free or whatever. Like, but I'll give them some pointers and tips. And I mean, you know, and I've never like done that to pitch anything or whatever. And I've never pitched anything in my life on in a group. Like even if it's like work that I can do, um, I don't because I just feel a bit dirty doing that. Um, Not nothing against people who do, even though actually I do have something against people who do. Um, (laughs) A lot of them are super annoying, man. Like you get the like people that just join the group and and put up like some a a link straight away. Yeah, it's just like (laughs) I don't know where they get this idea from because it's like an it's an instant boot and ban for me. Like I have zero tolerance or care if the first thing people do when they come in. I've seen other group owners that like they warn people and like delete the post or give them an opportunity to delete it. I'm I'm just an asshole, man. I'm like immediate ban, like kick and ban and shame, shame, then ban, and then kick and delete and whatever you need to do. (laughs) Um, I actually spoke about this with Lee Jackson on his podcast because we were chatting one day and he said, man, we should record this and put it as a podcast episode. So we did. And it was all about the kinds of people that you get. Um, joining Facebook groups mm. and like the different methods they use to pitch, like from the being the pretend help, like, you know, uh. or the know-it-all or whatever. Like, um, and I've had people try to pitch me stuff and try to, you know, they start like asking questions in private and you know, they're gearing Oof. up for a pitch. Oh, oh like, if you're oh, listening God. to this and you start getting PMs from people in groups, please report it to the group admin because <laughs> there's no way for us to yeah, know that 100%. someone is PMing people from the group. And so I actually very much appreciate it when I get someone reach out and be like the screenshots, like this douchebag is messaging me with like pitch stuff because people do it. They join groups and they know the admins can't see it. So they just start messaging people that are asking questions. Please yeah, it's, report act- it. it's actually the dirtiest technique because if they're doing it 
publicly, at least you have an idea of what, you know, they're, they're being honest. Mm. Whereas if they're sort of DMing people, yeah. you just it, it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. an honest scumbag or an evasive scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> let's, um, let's keep moving this on. I yeah. think some other good episodes, number 77, why agencies should have a personal brand with Tim Conley. A lot of good feedback about yeah, that Yeah, that was one. a great one. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Nick, your episode got a ton of good feedback too. I can't even remember what number that was. It's fairly recent, like 90s. Thing I want to say. Where is your? I actually, I actually face? forgot that I've I've been on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, we clearly made an impression. Number ninety benefits <laughs> the benefits yeah. of downsizing. Um, because you I actually- have not been on that many. I have not been on that many podcasts. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, look, it even had comments. Very few people comment on a. Uh, on a podcast because they're too busy doing something else when they listen. So. This guy's voice is terrible. Why do you <laughs> <think that? laughs> yeah, so I'd recommend listening to that one. I mean, I, what I'll do after this, I'll go back and I'll list some of my favorite episodes along with the top 10. I'll put those in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 100. Um, let's, let's go on. What, what's your next question, Nick? Well, all right. So, I mean, I'm thinking stuff around lessons, right? So, you know, you've said these these have been really cool and you've got a lot out of them. What did you get out of them? What are some of the things that you've actually learned that you've applied in your own life based on stuff you've learned in the podcast? That's too hard a question. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't, this, is, this is actually a problem of stuff that I learn. I have no idea where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you go into all these different live events or like webinars and like masterminds, like if you're just chatting with some mates about like business mm. problems you have, you get ideas. Like I have like notebooks full of crap, like mm. virtual notebooks, of course, lol, pen and paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but like it's got all this stuff that I've learned and it's in my head and it, it pops up and I never remember where it came from. So really? I honestly yep. can't. Well, Rick, that's, what, that's what knowledge is, right? It's like you get knowledge. It's like if you don't need to attribute it somewhere. It's, it just goes into your brain and then when you need it, you use it. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, yeah, mo- cool. most like I've talked about, most of the benefit of this podcast comes from the networking anyway and having yep. like these people that like that become friends, you know, like Lee Jackson. I think I got to know him a very long time ago on Twitter and then I went on his podcast and he came on mine when I started one. And, you know, now like I sponsored um, Agency Transformation and like we talk and so that's that's where all, like the stuff that i've really learned is the, yeah. the benefit i guess has been just me knowing people yeah so has Beautiful. anything surprised you right over the past two years of doing this has mm-hmm. anything just leapt out as a massive like wow okay i didn't even know that or i didn't think of that or um anything surprising um Yeah, I guess the one thing is it's not as hard as people think uh, or it can be a lot easier than people make it. They're the two things. Like I've spoken to people that run podcasts that spend, they talk about how long it takes them to put together each episode and they could be massive. And yeah. like and you know, like hours per episode, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then and then people come on my podcast and they're like, oh, your process was so automated and smooth. I'm like, ah, here it is. <laughs> no, everyone's doing this silly crap manually. Like I, I had to fill out a guest info form once that was literally Google Docs, and mm-hmm. like as uh, you know, ha- running a product content snare where our biggest competitor, I guess, is Google Docs. And I hate using it as a client. And I know agencies' clients hate using it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it just made me like frustrated. This was one of the people that said they spend a lot of time uh, on 
podcast, like getting ready for podcasts. I'm like, you can, you can just streamline getting information from people and the calendar booking system and like follow-ups and your, your show notes, like everything can be just like automated. So I think that like, if you want to, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, like everyone is right now, um, I do have a checklist for, um, getting started um and how and i'm going to update it with a whole bunch of automation stuff so i might might oh yes please that's yeah, it that, um, i i am, I am a, a look, man i'm, <laughs> a, I'm a white guy i'm a white guy in my mid-30s i'm definitely thinking about starting a podcast <laughs> so. yeah we should just have beers with mates and talk shit yeah. and it'll be a good <laughs> podcast no mate yeah. it won't yeah. <laughs> shut up no but I'll, I'll link that up it's at jimmyrose.me I don't remember the I think it's slash podcast checklist dash checklist but I'll link that up in the show notes um, yeah hit me All with right. your next so one. what about the future what's coming up for you <laughs> you know I don't know um, I've been talking about switching to automation and productivity for quite a while as you guys know Um whether like I continue with the agency side of things or not um, is in the balance. And I would actually love to hear from listeners. If you are hearing this and um, you know, if you are getting value out of this and you don't want me to change from agency stuff, please just reach out and let me know. Jimmy at Jimmy Rose dot me. Um, yeah. I just, I want to know what people think because that podcast is very one directional. You very rarely get, feedback from listeners well, right hey so. guys put your comments on this episode because not many get comments so ah, that will you show go. that this is that you've listened and that will yep. show that you care go on to um con- is it agencyhighway.com slash one zero zero hundred yep that's the one there you go um, yeah, you got too, many, too many domains man yeah yeah <laughs> it is a bit silly but you know i've i've considered all kinds of things like wrapping this up under the jimmy rose brand um i've got the domain do less stuff.com i've thought about changing the name Ooh. to do less stuff and mm. um turning it into like an automation productivity podcast um just because that's where like my passion is now yep. so I don't know what what I'm going to do, but that's what I'm thinking and I'd love to hear your feedback. I know most people just looking at which download, which episodes get the most downloads, like clearly people are most interested in like uh, pricing, making more money, marketing. It's it's pretty standard, like yep. it's pretty, pretty clear that, you know, which episodes get the most listens that that's what people are into. So I could, you know, risk alienating people there. Um, yeah, maybe I'll have a break. I, I've actually ordered a uh, recorded episode 101 already. Uh, because mm, it was a product. Cheating. I know. It's <laughs> oh. a pro- it was productivity and automation. And I was like, I'm going to put this after the 100 mark. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I was actually like freaking out for a while when you kept pausing because I'm like, oh no, he's going to announce that he's shutting down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw us, throw us all. No, like I, I don't know. I don't think I'll shut it down. It's either going like it'll either keep going as is or become more of a productivity and automation thing. That's um that's where I'm at. And, you know, I guess none of this shit is ever so clear and obvious. I feel like it's just mm. a decision that I have to make and, Oh, dude, it's, it, it will be so clear and obvious in hindsight, like later. Yeah. I think there's value from either either direction, you know? Mm. Like I, 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 I listen to both podcasts. <laughs> Make two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, I would love to. It comes down to time, you know. Of course. That's, that's of course. the main thing. It's And especially if I'm trying to do automation productivity videos as well, like it all adds up, you know, yeah. like the amount of time and yep. it takes to put out content is pretty massive. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, do we move on? Yeah. Do you have any more questions for me, Nick? Uh, I, nah. I thought about after, like, you know, stressful points in the course of creating uh, the podcast, you know, things where tech stuff has failed or anything that's been like, oh, my God, uh, nightmare, um, anything like Actually, that. Actually, I do have one. Um, but, m- like, mine, honestly, been pretty chill for me. I-, I spoke to someone this morning who has lost, like, three, two or three episodes in the last month because of the tool they were using, <laughs> like, the- or lost the audio. And I was like, oh, What were man. they using? Um, Zencaster, <laughs> which is okay. really popular and well known, and that blew my mind actually. Wow. But from I actually had an interesting experience on the very first one I recorded with James Shremko, and it was something like the audio went a bit crap in there, and mm-hmm. to edit it was such a pain in the ass because I had the track that comes out of Zoom, which is both people. This yep. is this is a really good tip, by the way, if you're about to thinking about doing a podcast this is really important um so yeah if you if the audio connection goes bad and it kind of gets fuzzy uh it basically is so hard to edit because you have to go and chop out every single bit of audio that that person recorded and the only thing that saved me is he had a local recording yeah so he sent me that and i was able to take the bits out from his and put them over the top wherever yep. he wherever the connection went bad and that was so annoying because you're chopping out little bits of audio mm. what i can make sure if you're using zoom you, you there's an option to record separate tracks for each person um and get them to record it on their zoom as well you, you allow them to record get them to record it um and then it spits out their local audio as well and it's very easy then to just overlay your audio with their audio yeah oh my god that has saved me so many times yeah so i actually haven't had a lot of stress because with the audio there's always like the weakest link with the buffer of who you know and it's never perfect so it happens so often and if you can just get those people to have their own audio yep. like you said drop them on top of each other Yep, Done. it's the most easy fix. We use Audacity and I, I just try to hit the record button almost at the same time they do. We just have a little alignment to do and then, um, yeah, use Audacity, use an open source audio editor and export it and, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm shall we move on? With- going through your checklist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's another thing. See, again, I guess because I'm systems, I don't have a lot of issues. Um, so systems oriented, like I have a checklist run sheet for the start of every podcast and make sure I've got their um, name pronunciation, right? I've got the episode number. I try to remind myself not to say um too much, <laughs> but it doesn't really work much anymore. <laughs> All kinds of stuff like that goes in my list just to make sure I'm ready at the start of every episode. Nice. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move forward. Yeah. So this is back over. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I will like to the episode 100, uh, Point two, point one or yeah, you know, B. Side, A and B. That was 100A. This is 100B. Yep. Uh, this is, you know, going through being, you've all seen the same stuff, being in the Facebook groups for so long, hearing what people, what their problems are. Um, we have, when people join our group, they can type in what their biggest issues are. So we've all seen the most common things that agencies struggle with you know, in, in creating a business that they actually love. So we've taken some notes and I just want to go through a whole bunch of different things uh, that agencies struggle with and just try and focus on, you know, 
succinct answers to all of these. We can we can elaborate. Like we don't have to keep it to like you know um, two minutes each or something. Um, I don't mind how long this episode goes as long as it's helpful for people. So number Sounds one, good. By far that I see all the time <laughs> is getting clients. How do I get more clients? Yeah. So, where do we start? Any, any, any clients. Right? Any client, yeah. Well, okay, so I know you've got a big post on this because uh, I remember seeing it, uh, looking at it, I'm like, yep, that's pretty comprehensive. So number one, read that post and then leave us alone, please. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Done. so that's, that's it, content. I'll link that up below, but if you search yeah. get web design clients on Google and, and find the content snare link, um, that basically talks through every single channel that we used for our agency um, and, you know, had success with. I think I can tell you now, 90% of people who complain about not getting clients are doing nothing to get clients. 100%. Yeah. Like, no, 90%. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, I'm telling you now, like, I'll ask people, what are they doing? And, like, they're not doing much. It's like, oh, I'm just posting occasionally on my social media profile. It's like, mate, that's yep. not doing anything. Um, have you considered? I'm seeing that like, a lot at the moment yeah. because of, with, with the pandemic and, you know, the, the, the economic downturn, all that sort of stuff going on at the moment, there's obviously a fair bit of people thinking about that at the moment. And it's the same thing. It's like people say, well, how, how, what, what are you doing at the moment? It's like, well, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing? Like, you know, hmm. how, so how are you getting clients? It's like, well, you actually, are you actually doing anything proactive? You know, are you sort of just sitting there waiting for people to ring you up or email you? It's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah, this is a really big thing when just starting out. Um, you know, not all these problems that we're going to talk about are sort of, I guess, beginner level. Like this is pretty early days. People struggle with this, right? Um, and you're dead right. Like it's like, I don't know if they expect, um, you know, posting on social media to bring them clients, but of course it isn't. Yeah. I, I think I think the, early, the best way to start early on, which, you know, feel free to disagree with me. I just think the best place is networking and, yeah. and yeah. like getting to know people. Because like we've already spoken about, knowing, like building a network and getting to know people is just like, it, it benefits every part of your business. Yeah. Early on, I remember a friend of mine started a Facebook group with lots of businesses in our uh, city, essentially. And because I knew him, he was a business coach, and I knew basically all the founding members, they were my network. I was the recommended web designer. Every time someone's like, oh, I need a website, this is me getting tagged, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Um, and that's all as a result of networking. Uh, so I just think that's one of it's, – and it's not hard to do to go to events and meet people. Yeah. A big part of it, though, is confidence. I think a lot of people don't have confidence in, in what they build or like their abilities as a designer. Mm. And – I, I, like, I'm not a psychologist. I can't really help with that, but I can tell you it's something that builds up over time. You know, as, as you go out there and you start realizing the shitty quality stuff that other web designers are building, you're like, oh, my stuff's great in comparison. <laughs> yep. You know, and that yep. comes with time. And it's the same as pricing. You know, you're probably not going to be very confident to ch- have a charge a lot for a website, but as your confidence builds, you'll be able to charge more. Yeah. I was going to say as well, like if there's anyone fully at that, the very first part of the journey, like, and they're, they're thinking about their first clients, like the chances are that the your first clients are someone that you know, like that's, mm. that's how it starts. And with the networking, that whole, whole idea and, and, you know, word of mouth and building, you know, you start with, you start with a small pool and it's people that you know, and then it goes the other way that people that know you, and then you might not know them. So that as, as you do more stuff, as your network grows, as you, you know, start producing more stuff, 
then the, the, the distance between you and the, and the prospect gets greater. But at the start, it's like really tight, right? Like, and I'm not saying you have to go do you know a website for your mum, mm. like, but you know, it's chances are it's people around you, um, even if they're not the ones that are going. And I don't mean that 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 the first client you're going to do is going to be you know a friend or a family member, mm. but I mean it's in your pool. So you need to start talking about. This is the first thing, right? You need to start talking about that you actually what you actually do. You yeah, know? tell like, people you do, you do it. Tell people you do that. Like that's you know. Yeah. People- I'll tell you now. That's how I got probably my first I don't know six months of clients because yep. when I started doing the web design, I'd been in business already for myself. But else, even before that, I'd been networking because I worked for someone else and I was yeah. networking for that business. So I had this massive network, and I just said started telling people like anyone I'd speak to, I'd meet someone at a barbecue and they'd say, what do you do? Oh, I build websites. Mm. Um, Cause that's, you know, and even someone knows point, someone that needs one of those. I, uh-huh. I was building my first website paid website at that point, And then I told them I did that. Bang. I've got a website yep. um, yeah, from them. So it's insane. Hey, client. like some of the places you can yeah. get work from, like I, I remember I was at a random um, event to learn about profit first and accounting stuff. And I was sat yeah. next to a guy and he asked me what I did. And I, we said, I said software development and literally got an inquiry from a friend of yep. his the next day. Yeah. You know, so you have to tell people what you do without a being key. a douche. There's a key. There's a key here. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that what you just said. Yeah. Right. You can, if you're an arrogant douchebag mm. um, or you're really cocky or you're unlikable mm-hmm. right, and really people don't like you, um, don't, it's not going to help. Right? You can't <laughs> do this stuff. Like it, it's it's never going to work out. So there's, there's someone um, try for everyone, to be though. a nice try yeah. to be a nice person. Um, you know, if you're a good person, listen to people, and you know you're generally generally nice to talk to. You tend to get stuff back. And yeah, well, listen, listening is the key there, right? Yeah. Like if you're able to listen to what people say and then dig into that, and then like yeah, if you're like a douchebag who's not a likable person, is generally not a listener. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Sorry, what? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this go- and this goes back to uh, you know the, the mindset of what's in your uh, your your course that you're putting out, Nick. And that's that's the whole idea with um you know like selling through helping. I think especially at the moment, but even in general, like if if you're if you're coming from a place of just trying to get clients for the sake of getting clients, and this is the same as with you with with the discussion around your podcast. If it was just to grow numbers and just to get listeners, like that's not the best place to start. You can kind of start with something a little bit more genuine and actually go, well, what can I do? Like that, because what we do as businesses is help people and then they give us yeah. money in exchange for that. So if you start with the helping idea with, with <laughs> you know, how you can actually do something for people rather than sort of like just go, well, how do I get a client? Like if you flip that and go, mm-hmm. what can I do to actually be someone that someone wants to work with or give them, you know, give them something? And I'm talking about doing stuff for free. I'm just talking about, yeah. you know, actually being helpful. It's, it's- I'll yeah. tell you now, education yep. is like number one thing that you can do to help people is to teach them something. Yep. So whether that means you're you're off writing blog posts or recording videos or whether it just means during a sales conversation or when you're talking to someone, you let them know why what they want to do isn't going to work Yep. Right. and how they should go about it to make it work. Yeah. You know, stuff like that can be all the difference. Well, it's a super easy way to help people as well without doing stuff for yourself for free is to be like that super, super, uh, you know, connector. You go to networking events and say so you meet someone that's a photographer and you walk around and you and you meet someone that needs a photographer. Rather than trying to sell your services to people, you put those two together. And what happens in that moment is you've actually helped two people and now you've got two people that will champion you. They'll be like, that Corey person, like, mm-hmm. he actually helped, you know, 
the, the, there's two prospects there. There's two people that will, will refer you because you've done something good. And it's mm-hmm. not like trying, you're not doing any of your own stuff for free. You're not like, you know, going here, I could do your business card or here, I'll do your landing page or you're not doing any of that oh, sort of stuff. Never, never work for free. No, That's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Unless, unless like you literally have had zero clients, you're not getting anyone and you want to have something you can show people. But I mean, build your own damn website. Wait, 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 wait. I've got one star <laughs> next to that. And it's not so much work, but like helping people, it, like we're talking about this, like, helping people for free or like some level of work for free can be really good if it's like for a connector for that one of those connectors, you know, like I would about like, I'd let people bounce questions off me and stuff. Like now I'm a little, I'm a bit more protective with my time, but um, like I know people that have essentially done free design work for influencers and like got on their radar and now have like basically an, an insanely successful business built off that. And, you know, like when I was saying in that group, I was tagged regularly in website for any website design. It was because that guy, like I chatted to him all the time and I'd beers with him. I'd give him website advice, whatever. Um, you know, I, I wasn't being charged for it. And in fact, um, I didn't even really want a business coach, but I did his coaching course, um, you know, and spent a bunch of time with him. So now I'm just the bloody web guy that he knows and yeah. refers everyone to and suddenly I'm deep in that network. So, yeah. you know, spec there is... Work, spec work, can, can, it can work if it's, like you said, it's done strategically as part of an outreach, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you have someone who's like a celeb and then you go, you see that they've got a, you know, I don't know, ugly website and you mock up like a really nice new one and say, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I was on your site and I just got inspired and I did this and, you know, I'm a web designer. I thought you might like this. If you do, let me know. I'm happy for you to use it, no charge. Mm. Um, now, that's a way that you're doing something nice for someone. I mean, I, I don't do that because I don't, I mean, you don't need to. Bad, but I don't need to. Um, so yeah. I've never no, done that's that fine. That's fine. Like- um, but if, if, you, if you're really struggling and if you, if you know that your, your actual skills are really, really good, um, you can do that. And people do. I mean, uh, dude, I used to listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and he'll talk about doing stuff like that. Um, you know, give, 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 and giving can work. Um, it's just there's generally people aren't going to ask you to give them something for free. Um, if they do, they're probably not worth doing it for for free. That makes oh yeah, that- no. So this has got to be out. Like this yeah. is not someone that's asked you to do something yeah. for free. Yeah. That's a different kind of person. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy, that's run. That's run away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll pay you an exposure. <laughs> I mean, and look, that actually, that gets to an interesting point as well on outreach as well. So that's one thing people always mention in groups is like, oh, how do I, you know, get success in cold emailing and cold calling? Right. Um, I love and, this because yeah. I, in my list, I basically had my, my point was uh, that we were going to talk about was fuck off with your cold outreach. And you <laughs> said you actually have some good oh. ideas here. So I'm really interested well, to hear. Okay. And so there are ways I've, it can work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've definitely had a few guests on the podcast that have spoken about this and uh, like about ways it can work. Like Darren Virapa was one with like, and, but again, it's all like leading with value um, when he did it. But I want to hear what your method is. Yeah. Well, okay. So it's, it, it's not so much that there's a method, right? It's like if you want to succeed at something, you just got to figure out what's the way that it works. And outreach does work because pe- it, people get success with it. I've had people outreach to me. Generally, I'm like, fuck off, leave me alone. You're a scammer spam or whatever mm. um but sometimes it's like if they do it right it's like it grabs my attention and we do get into a conversation so um it comes down to not being the same as everyone else right mm-hmm. so you know uh, like anything when everyone else does it 
it's no longer effective. So the concept of a lead magnet, if your lead magnet is the same shitty checklist that everyone else has, then you're not going to get as much results because no one cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh, cool, it's just noise. So you've got to stand out a little bit. So with outreach, the big thing is these days, they're getting a lot of it. So if you're going to stand out, like personally, like if I'm doing an outreach, I'm going to acknowledge that straight away. So acknowledge the elephant in the room straight off the bat, right? It's like, hey, um, you know, I know you're probably getting a lot of these messages, but, you know, I saw your profile and really want to reach out and then you've got to do a why. Now, there's two different directions you can go. And number one is, uh, and this will depend on your goal, if, you, if you're willing to put in the time and energy to get a relationship with someone, um, then you go a bit slower and you start really easy. You know, it's an introduction. What actually, what made you reach out to them? Not like, oh, well, I thought you might have clients that could give me money. Like, hmm. you know, hey, you had a really interesting <laughs> website um, or, you know, I saw that you had this. Um, it seems like you do an interesting method over there. And I want to find out more about you. And ideally, you want to kind of push down a little bit into um, some sort of benefit to them in catching up with you. Like, look, I do web design and I have clients that I think could benefit from your services. I just want to learn more about it. Can we catch up? You know, can we have a chat or whatever? The idea is you want to get them into a conversation because then you get the chance to, number one, learn more about them, understand who they are and what the way they operate. You get to really show, become someone that they like. You get to know each other because, you know, who they, like you said, with the networking, if someone knows you and they like you, um, they're going to recommend you, like, more than likely, right, unless mm-hmm. they've got someone better in mind. So, Yeah, uh, so your that's, start, that's a very different start. It's like a very big what's in it for them that's different, you know. Like- 100%, 100%, every single thing should be what's in it for them. Yeah. Right? Anything that, you do, yeah. all marketing is what's in it for them. No one gives a shit about you. No one gives a shit about your business. No one gives a shit about like, you know, what you do unless it is there's something in it for them. And you should always be answering that question with everything that you put mm. out, whether that's content, whether it's a video, uh, whether it's a podcast episode. Um, you know, I mean, when we when we spoke about doing this episode, you know, and it was like, man, we'd really like to interview you. You're like, oh, no one cares about me. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and that, that's that's the mindset. It's like, well, what do people actually care about? They're not they're not listening to this to hear about. I mean, maybe they are, but you know, the the journey you've had, they're listening because they want something for them. So, Correct. you know, hence why we've got this side B. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's a, it's to help them. So, you can do that with um, an outreach program where your your goal is to establish a relationship. You know, so you can, you know, once you get to know them, then you can start asking questions, you can find pain points, you can drill down on that, you can educate them on, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it and what they should be doing. You can make recommendations and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You get the opportunity if you start by trying to establish a relationship. It's, it's a longer process, but okay, it can work. The alternative this- is a shotgun approach, <laughs> which is kind of no, like a that's really not, high that's volume. Not- and that's not well, encouraged. Shotgun. You can, you can, well, you can also make this work if you're not doing it the same as everyone else, right? And right. again, it starts very similar, right? You can only elephant in the room, right? It's like, hey, look, I know you're getting a lot of um, spam and stuff, but then you go into the problem you solve, and you need to have a little bit of implied social proof as well. So let's say if I'm contacting Corey, right, and I want to help him with his marketing, it's like, hey, Corey, uh, look, you don't know me, um, and we don't know each other. And I'm sure you're getting a lot of emails all the time, but I just want to reach out because I've been working with a lot of web designers lately um, and helping them with their marketing and we're seeing some pretty amazing results. 
And I go I, right click block. Generally, generally that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but this is a definitely a bigger, um, uh, you need a high volume and it can work if you yeah. do it right. Like, I mean, that what I just said there is like, I just thought of it on the spot, so it's terrible. But, yeah, I you know, honestly, I don't know. I, I think I'd struggle to recommend this as a strategy to people who are struggling. I do not recommend advice. this as a strategy, right? <laughs> yeah, this like, is like, this is, don't do the, hey, I want to give you a free order on your website. That won't work. Um, try to come up with a better version. And a couple of yeah. big things as well is the big no-nos that, uh, that I disagree with that's recommended a lot. Number one, I hate when people say, come up with like, um, you know, your elevator pitch or escalator pitch or whatever it is, where you don't actually say what you do. And like you say, what, how you help people. Mm. That doesn't work, man. If, so, if you yeah. go to someone and they say, what do you do? And you don't say web design and you're a web designer and you say, I help people fix this problem, man, get lost. Like it's an immediate zone out because that's what the common advice is. Yeah, that, I, I tend to agree with that because, you know, you don't make people think. If they have to try yeah. and, like, analyze what the hell you're talking about to try and work out just what you do, you're going to switch people yeah. off. Um, the before, other thing... Like, sorry, go on. Uh, I'm just going to say, like, I think that's enough on cold outreach because, yeah. like, we're, we're going to be here for hours if we yeah. don't. Well, there was one yeah. last point, and that is just don't assume the sale that assume the sale crap. Don't say, let. when can I book a time on your calendar? offer like are you interested in chat chatting more and just leave it at that right oh so, god i hate the, yeah. the shit it's, where they're like yeah. oh you know when are you free next week i'm like oh screw you for assuming that but um <laughs> yeah this what what this kind of does get into because you especially your first repro- approach with um building relationships one of my favorite i i guess actually even even the networking come leads into this too my favorite thing is partnerships um, my absolute favorite marketing channel, if you can call it that, are strategic partnerships with businesses that can refer you work. And so building building relationships and networking with like the right people is absolutely key here, right? So I would call that like mm-hmm. the thing I had with the business coach. He works with tons of businesses, right? That's a strategic partnership. If, he, if someone asks him about building a website, he's going to refer to me. Another another good example are IT companies because it's because they work with computers. They get asked about like websites and marketing shit all the time. Um, therefore, you want to be there when you want to be the person they recommend, basically when they get asked. Yep. So, yep. and the Number reason I like partnerships well. so much, we were getting website jobs for eighteen months after we stopped telling anyone we did websites because mm-hmm. they were all coming through partners. Um, so that is just something I wanted to touch on quickly, like that to me, it's just one of the most scalable marketing channels there is, especially that, that, that applies to people late in the game as well. Uh, you know, if you've, you're not through, you're not trying to get your first clients, like later on, you're trying to scale your clients. Like that's a, a great way to do it because every person you do get in refers you multiple jobs. Yeah. And I think so, for me, that's been really um, a big thing for, for me. That's networking within your industry and networking with like part like allied industries, you know, so you what copywriters and things like that, like, you know, you use the the same people and you, and you, I guess, interact with those people. A lot of people just go direct for, you know, they think I want to work with small medium businesses. And so they go direct to those people. Um, And you're missing out a lot of opportunity just to, uh, you know, even if you're working, if you create networks within the industry and people that do exactly the same thing that you do, there's going to be people that do stuff that's outside of their or get come across clients that's outside of their skill set or outside of their niche or outside of their budgets uh, or or they're overflowed with work and that can lead to you. So, you know, I think people often forget to network within 
within their own industry, you know? Mm. Yeah, I so 100% agree. agree. That's yeah. where um, most of my work comes from, the strategic partnerships. Uh, there's other people in the industry and there's also business coaches are amazing because mm. they're talking to people and coming up with a strategy and then as long as they know that you're good, uh, they're going to recommend you to help execute on that strategy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so. definitely good people to know. So we got to move. We got to kind of yep. move on. Um, we yep. otherwise we're going to be here for like four hours. <laughs> um, I noticed um, we while we were talking, you may have added some notes here um, about niching, and I like I'd like to touch on niching. It's we have entire episodes dedicated to that. We could yep. talk about that for an hour. Yep. Um, it is definitely so. I, I have. Um, like I don't necessarily always agree with the advice on niching. It depends mm-hmm. what you're creating and what you do. But can we, we talk about it quickly? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, I I am really conflicted on niching because it's look ultimately it's a marketing thing, right? It's it's you do it for marketing tactics mm-hmm. and marketing strategies. So um, you can niche in different ways, and so everyone thinks, oh man, I've got to come up with, you know, oh I need to target dog groomers right, as my niche. It's like, mm. well, no, you don't, man. Like you can target by the area you're in, the location. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's a method of targeting for marketing purposes. Um, Industry is one for sure. Um, you can target with a service offering. So you could be a specialist in Google My Business profile setups. You yeah. could be a specialist in speed optimization. Um, or you can even target by pain point. So I tend to work with people who have been to other web design agencies in the past, mm-hmm. potentially a couple, spent big dollars and not had... Um, any measurable improvement in their results. So if right. they're doing marketing and they need a re- uh, results to help boost their marketing, then generally I'm a good fit. And that's so that's my niche is the pain point one. And then you yeah. can combine these. You know, I so- just see like I think people tend to over niche. To me, yeah. it's really just like not being all things to everyone. Like that's what a lot of people try to be is like, oh, who's your client? Everyone, what do you do? Everything, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll do SEO. Sure, I'll add on Facebook ads as a service, you know. And to me, niching is really just the just trying to get away from that. You don't need to be like, oh, I build WordPress websites for like dog groomers, groomers. that groom like Sharpays. Like, <laughs> you know, just you can I go think, too far. So, I mean, I'm a little bit on the opposite side with you guys with this one. Mm. <laughs> and I, but that's purely because, and I think the thing with with niching, but this is where I definitely agree, is that it's something that what you're trying to do is. Um, you know, bring your focus a little bit tighter so that people understand who it is that you that you, that you are and what you do and who you work with. Um, so, for example, like if you say to someone, oh, "I, you know, I do websites for small businesses," doesn't really help people identify what it is. I've got a really good example. I think it was um, you in the group. You actually asked for it was you just I can't remember if it was like financial advisors or it was something to do with you, you wanted some input from something and you went in the group. Does anyone know any of these sorts of people? Now, if you go ask someone randomly. Do you know any small business owners? Like we mm. all know so many that you can't actually pinpoint well, someone. It was it was mortgage brokers. Mortgage so. brokers, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. So, you, but you I asked, mean, so literally, do you know a mortgage broker? Though that's broad as hell, man. It's like yeah, you know, it's still pretty broad. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, but it's still it's <laughs> <laughs> it's more. Sorry, I know sorry, what you're man. saying. It's more. But, it's, what, but what, what I'm saying is, with a like, if you flip that around, so that's like going hmm. to a web like a web designer when they're saying they're working with small businesses isn't just working isn't just saying mortgage brokers. That's saying like every single industry. So if oh, you're yeah. just saying that, that's it, you're say, essentially saying some anyone that has a business, I can help you, and that's that's bullshit for starters. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think so. If you can start to say this is who I work with, and that gets a, a lot 
clearer for people to be able to, mm. to help you. Um, and so it's about specialising. Um, yeah, and I, I agree with it to an extent, especially for like small agencies. Um, you know, like when you're talking about product, like things that are bigger, you know, like Uber hasn't specialised in, I don't know, mm. like they're not, a, they do, they take anyone well, anywhere, they do. right? Well, no, they do. They, do specialize. they specialize in their service, right? Yeah. So that's one of the niche areas. Yeah, niche I guess areas you would service you offer. You would say, I guess you could say that, but I'm just talking about like, there's still a broad appeal. Like, and I think when, when you have a, a product that can be used across multiple industries, services, whatever, then it often should be. I think yeah. it's just, I just want to prevent, present an alternative uh, to like, because I, f- I find there's just such an obsession with niching. We've had many guests, previous guests talk about it. Um, and I see people talking about it all the time, just almost like taking a stab and choosing a niche. Um, yeah. You know, like I think some of the best niches is, is ones that you accidentally fall into. Like it just works out yep. that you've, you've ended up um, like some of, I've worked for businesses in general for like six months and I've worked out the favorite ones I work with that result in enough profit are, you know, yeah. dog groomers, then that's where you end up, you know? So I think I just, searching for a niche, like a desperate person searching for a niche mm. to get more business is definitely a risky yeah. move. And I see that a lot of people say like, oh, I've heard this is a good niche. I'm going to niche on it. It's like, why have you heard that's a good niche? Yeah. Like every, so, every so business guys, you're has saying, an opportunity to help them. So you're saying don't Google what are the best niches for work. <laughs> right. Correct. Nice. All Correct. Right. Uh, anyway, cool. let's uh, let's move on. So we're not. I just I, what I'll do is link up a couple of um, episodes on niching as well because um, yeah, cool. this is a, a massive topic, and there are a couple of frameworks for coming up with um, with how you specialize. I think Sarah Dunn and Jason Resnick have been two previous guests that spoke on this very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next big one is is charging enough. Now, this obviously we have the pricing episodes with Corey and the ep- extra one with Corey and Christine about raising prices. This is such a trap that so many people fall into. Um, I guess again, we could pack unpack this for days, but just some some of your quick, the, just some dot points, some quick tips on how to raise prices because you know you see all these web designers that come in they might charge 500 bucks for a website whether that's like a confidence thing yep uh yep. usually that's what it is usually pricing yeah. comes down is, to confidence yeah confidence is probably the key and being um comfortable with talking about money so it's confidence in not only your services but just being able to talk about money um big tip is to just start to change your mindset around what you charge and get used to those numbers um i think in the episode that i talked about that was one of the things that I found uh, liberating with actually putting some prices out there. When I first started doing that, the prices were higher than what I was able to say, but then it made me accountable to myself because Mm. I've said, you know, like if I I wasn't charging enough at that point in time, I put some prices out there. They were realistic. That's what I wanted to get. And it made it really easy for me to say that because I'd already said it. And so I think there's a lot of the time where people, you know, maybe they're out there charging $500, whatever. um, And they know they want to charge more, but they, don't they just don't practice that idea or you know they don't visualize mm. it in their head of, of picking up the next you know answering the next call or saying to the next person you yeah, know i started about two thousand dollars right like if you're just to add ten percent like yeah, but, yeah, to me but, it's the easiest <laughs> way is like for the for your next five jobs that you win yep 
add 10%. Like that's yeah. the easiest way ever. If you, if you can't unless, unless you're grand, at 500, if you're at 500, go, at go least to double, two. <laughs> double, 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 triple, triple quadruple. Yeah. yeah. Like um, if you're probably like, oh, I can't do that. Like go to a grand, go to 1500. Like that's probably well, a good starting point. All right. And now I was talking add to someone 10%. last night. I was talking to someone last night and they were telling me about how much they're quoting and charging. And they do much nicer websites than I do. Right, I don't do super nice websites. They're great and they're good enough and they're effective um, and they're designed to get a result and they get results. Um, they do better quality again. Um, and then they were showing me a site that they charge like six grand for. And then I showed them a site that I charge 14 grand for. And the six grand site was like head and shoulders better, like nicer designed, um, really well done. And it's like, guys, charge more. Like mm. it's not, you know, it's not. Uh, it's not that people won't pay. That's the big thing. Oh, people wouldn't pay that. And it's like, no, no, no. Don't tell people what they're going to pay. Mm. Like they'll they'll pay it because I I mean I'm selling sites at pretty premium pricing. Um, it people a are good, out there selling. A good exercise to go through with with this is like work out like what's your end goal. Like how much do you want to be earning. And work back from that, like, it, and this is a really eye-opening for people char- like charging like fifteen hundred bucks. If if you're like, oh, I want to earn one hundred fifty grand a year, like, work out how many clients and websites you have to deliver a year to get yeah. that amount. You're going to realize that you are just way off the mark, and you don't <laughs> have a damn chance. And you're going to be right? tired and burnt out. And yeah, and so I don't know, like. Again, I'll, I'll link up a bunch of resources on this on charging enough. It's just like it, it is such a massive problem that fixes so many things. Yeah, uh, so, charging more. So the keys probably are like being confident about, around talking about money, um, incremental increasing of, mm-hmm. of changing. If you want it, if you want to actually start making big jumps, you do need to look at what you're not doing. Especially if, if you if you're it depends with pricing too. Like if you're not charging enough, if your if your pricing isn't you're getting knockbacks, right? Then when you start to charge higher, then you need to address that. But a lot of people, they, for starters, they don't even try. They, don't, they just, you know, go, oh, I'm stuck at the $1,500 mark, you know? And, and, and once they sort of push past that, they realize you can keep going. Um, but if you're getting pushback, then you need to look at the things that you can do to make your services more attractive to people. It's not doing more work. And I think we, me, me and Nick have talked about this a lot with different yeah. conversations where, um, you know, people have ideas around $10,000 websites or $20,000 websites and they think, oh, I wish I could get those. What are in those? It's like, well, a good website is the website you're doing now but for more money, right? Like that's yeah. – so yeah. you get more profitable. It doesn't, zero. It doesn't need and to have zero. e-commerce. It doesn't need to have all this shit yeah. to make it a $10,000 site. Yeah, no. If you can get 20% more or 25% more for every project you've done in the last year, like mm. that's going to change your, your life. Like So you start doing that now. Yeah, and and with but with the big chunks, I think you definitely need to review how you can appear as a more premium product. It doesn't mean changing what you do; it's just presenting that so people yeah, understand it. Because it, the thing with like Nick said, you know, the six thousand dollar website that, he's, that he knew someone doing, and then the the fourteen thousand dollar one, and he's saying the six thousand dollar one is better. In situations like that, I'm, I often think, well, what is better? And that's it's often. Why that's happened is because Nick's probably working with someone that's willing to pay fourteen thousand dollars, and the other person is stuck. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's not about how good they look at the end of the day. It's about who they're for and and, and what mm. they're trying to achieve. Oh, dude, 
So I'll tell you now, I agree, but also that person that paid six probably would have paid 14 or 20. Quite possibly, um, for if sure. The value, if the value prop was there and the value was- Well, then that's why you've got, to get, you've got to get better at sales too, right? Like at, at actually yep. presenting these solutions to people. And that's why um, Nick is actually doing a course on this because your talk went pretty well uh, at Agency Transformation. I'll link this up, but it's in the show notes. It's nick nickgulick.com. Get it uh, while it's on uh, early bird. Pre-launch, yeah. <laughs> yeah so pre-launch. it's well, sell by helping is his course, which I'll link up in the the show notes. We're gonna we're gonna need to start charging through this because this this episode is getting yep. freaking long. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. let's move on. Yeah. Um. Yep. Well, one last thing I'd just love to point out is Corey. You have a really good strategy in pricing. Um, using anchoring where yep. you give them three pricing options. Yep. Um. I love that. Again, this is something we cover in detail in Corey's pricing episode. Um, but giving them three options to choose from. So then they're price shopping within your own services and yeah. not going to other agencies. So I do that. I do that um, initially in, in conversation too. So price anchoring is just a technique where you use, I guess, a false number, whether it's low or high, to set the tone of where the, their comfort spot is. So if you say to mm-hmm. someone, oh, look, you know, we do work, work for $50,000, but what I think you need is $10,000, then automatically their, their heart, they died when they heard $50,000. And then when you say $10,000, that, you know, they, they, get, they get to breathe again, you know? Yeah. So with that, yeah, so you do that in just the verbal conversation, but I like to also do that in in uh, proposals where you do the same sort of thing. You have a high, a medium, and a, and a low, and you're taking more value out. The low one, you basically take all of the value out, and then the high one, you have extra stuff in there that probably, you know, only some people will really want, um, and then you make the prices so that you're focusing people on generally on the on the middle one that you want them to, to go go for. Mm. But it does. It allows them to, rather than trying to get quotes from all these other people, or if they do get quotes from other people, they get one quote from someone that says, here's, here's the thing that I do. And you're like, here's the, here's the range of things that we can do. Mm-hmm. We can help you if you're at any of these stages. So I think that's a really yeah, simple thing that. to do. So this leads, um, like pricing and charging more leads into the next thing I want to talk about, which is a big problem I had in our agency um, and also that I've heard many agencies I've have. Is, is, sorry? I've had as well. Yeah, it's having yeah. like you're doing all this work, you're pumping out all these websites, all this stuff's going on, you're like super busy and then you get to like the end of every month and there's just no money in the account. And it's like, what the hell is going on? How are we doing all this stuff and not having any money? And I mean, it's a pretty simple equation, right? Money in versus money out. Yep. And so usually you either need, either need to charge more or like, cut back on the amount of time that goes into each thing, right? And the only way to know this t- is to track, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to have an idea of how much time goes into design, how much time goes into development, um, project management. And so basically, if you have a team, you need to be tracking time and not framing it as like a you know, big brother, we need to know everything about you. It's like you need to actually have the conversation with them. It's like we this is so we can work out where to find efficiencies and how much we should be charging and whatever because um, otherwise you're not going to have a bloody job if we keep going and we have no money <laughs> at the end of every month. That's yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just and literally we spoke about this in like a couple of episodes ago. I'm going to have to try and work out which one it was. Um, maybe it's not live yet, but this is just – a really huge thing. Do you guys have any anything to say on that? Um, yes. So, look, this was that was me, man. That was me. I had my agency. I had a partnership. Um, I had a partner, and we had a team of five people plus us two. And I was charging. I was selling sites at higher prices than I've ever charged before. 
and we were continually struggling because um, the guys were taking way too long, guys and girls. We had we had um, some women programmers too. Um, they were taking way too long to get things done. We weren't really on them very well. We weren't tracking their hours very well, and it was just continual struggle. And um, for me, I just went, I, this isn't the life I want, and I need to scale this back. And so, um, you know, ended the got rid of the partner. Um, ended up actually firing every single person. That we're going to we're going to talk about yeah. potentially anti scaling yeah. later on. Yeah, but, cool. um, yeah, um, I, but yeah, it's, it's it. I was going to say a big difference for me. For me. <laughs> This is not great advice, but I am the ultimate offender of not tracking time. I've when I've, I've worked for agencies, I've worked in so many places, and I'm always the guy that doesn't track time and gets chased up. And I'm like, well, if you want me to track time, and I want to work here, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But I will say that I'm smart enough for in my own business to do it. But I only do it. Uh, what's the word? sporadically like i'll i'll do it to reassess myself i did it initially yes. to get some sort of ideas but per mm. project i'm not tracking time on my projects i've got a pretty good feel when stuff is profitable and it's not profitable and for me i think this is just personally for me the way that i work is not fixed by the time that i'm spending in front of the computer I can be in the shower and getting solutions i can be going for, yeah. for a walk and get inspiration like I'm, I'm fooling myself if I think that the only time I'm spending in front of the computer is is production yeah, time. Yeah, so... But you definitely need to... Ha- like, I'm not saying don't track your time. and That's bad advice. <laughs> but I think that there is just for people that are like me that struggle with doing that sort of stuff and aren't disciplined, um, that it's worthwhile just doing it every now and again. And when you feel like things are in the pinch and you're like, why am I not making enough money? Just go back and do it on a couple of projects. So Yeah. And I'm a, I totally agree with that. Like doing Different it if you've a got a full team though. As yeah. Well. Like, you, you don't have as many moving pieces. Like yep. if you tried to stick your finger in the air and kind of wing it like that, and you've got like 10 team members, you're going to die so yeah. fast. Like the only way to though is to track, get them to track time. But that's what it's all about. The framing of it. You know, like I don't, I wouldn't expect my team members to hit start and stop to the second, you know, like it could be at the end of the day and it's just like I spent three hours on this project on design and then like four hours on this project, you know, on development, obviously probably not the same person doing design and dev, but you get my gist here. Like, so maybe it's half an hour on chasing content or some shit, you know, it's like um, breaking it down into high level tasks, not every little task they're doing. It's just like design dev. So you know how much time's going in because if you don't have that data, You've got nowhere to start from to fix this shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think the, from doing it myself, like and and doing it with other people, the, the the probably the biggest interesting thing that I think you can find out is where there's a loss of time. Mm. You know, like where stuff is inefficient rather than, you know, because that's where that's what happens. Are people spending time on things like interruptions and and that have a huge impact. But yeah, yeah, um, and of course we're like. This I, just, I did not even realize this when I was writing these notes up, but how well these all flow into each other. Because the other thing <laughs> is like reducing the amount of time you work, right? Yeah. Um, and the next point I have is like the agency struggle with is having no time slash being too busy. God, I see this mm-hmm. so much. Like everyone's just run off their feet. Um, yep. Agency owners seem to be the biggest culprits of this um, ever. So I'd like to talk about a few ways to, yeah, to, yeah, you're bad, Nick. Nick just had his hand up and like, I feel like he's always just completely flat out. Mm. And I I mean, I hit that point and I made changes to fix that. And um, so I'd like to talk about a few ways to start getting 
better at time. And the first one to me is like, actually, I, I think the biggest, the, I had a really good tip the other day that was like the, the best productivity tool there is, right? Absolute best productivity tool. Do you guys know what it is? Saying no? Yep. The word no. <laughs> uh, so like there are so many people that say just yes to everything, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of client, any kind of price, like um, any service, they start adding on new services uh, to, to what they do. And like that's a huge mistake. Like if you say yes to everything, then you're going to run yourself off your feet. That's the first thing. Yep, um, 100% agreed. agreed. Yep. That was easy. Yeah, I, 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 I now am trying to get better at this because I was that culprit. I took on way mm. too many jobs all the time because I, when I need to, I'll just work really hard and get things done and I make a whole mm. lot of money and it's great. Um, but now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I do, literally don't have the time to do even the projects I already have. Mm. So now I need to either um, outsource everything, which is you know one of the things that I'm looking at, mm. um, or s- start saying no to things. So now, if it isn't like a core service of mine, mm-hmm. um, for example, someone wants some help with um, some user uh, user experience design, <laughs> uh, then I I might uh, say, look, I think you need to find someone who specialises in this yeah. and get them involved to, so they can give you the time and energy you need. I think yeah. yeah. So there's definitely that. Like with outsourcing, the other thing I think with outsourcing to free up some time is to find those things that you know that that take up your time that aren't even services that you offer, you know, like people doing their own, you know, accounting admin. and admin and stuff yeah, like that. Oh it's like, God, just yeah. get rid of that stuff. Yes. <laughs> like you, you can earn um, a, probably, you know, a, one great piece of advice my dad told me early on that I've always remembered is basically if you can earn money, more money while someone else is doing the chore for you, you're better off doing that. So, you know, you don't need to mow your lawns. Oh, you can, my God. Right? Like you, if you can pay someone $20 to go and mow your lawn, and you can sit there in that time uh, and earn a hundred dollars. Uh, like, why pay, would you pay a couple grand? Pay a couple grand and get fake grass. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a huge thing, man. Like, it applies to so many things. Like, when I was the busiest I've ever been, uh, I paid someone to wash my car because it was yep. just like that's in half an hour to an hour that I don't have time to do right. And you don't have to commit to this stuff. Like, you can scale it up and down. Like when I when I've been in my absolute busiest times, I do stuff like that. I think we got a cleaner for a little while, and we I don't we don't have a cleaner now, but you know, and I wash my own car because I have more time. But like there are ways you can buy back your time. Yeah. Um. And, and as long as you can make more money than that doing whatever you're doing, it totally makes sense. And the, um, just, the, the flip side with that, of course, is that, you know, you, you don't do that with everything because, for example, maybe, you know, the the half an hour that you spend mowing your lawn is relaxing for you as well as, you know. Exactly. So it's not just about trying to find every, you know, make your life so efficient because I think there's only so much productivity that we each person has in a mm-hmm. day and you don't want to burn yourself out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it, what we're trying to do is the opposite here. We're trying to... I guess, eliminate people working extra. Yeah, you do. There are just options, you know, when you do find yourself in a bind. Like, for example, I absolutely hate going to the supermarket. So, like, delivery supermarket was, like, one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I've been – it's very shitty with COVID and how it shut down (laughs) the online um, shopping stuff because – supermarket stuff because there was too too many people doing it because it all just discovered it. I'm like, get out of here. I've been doing this for years. This is my space. (laughs) Now I have to go to the shop. Screw you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the outsourcing we can talk about um, for quite a bit. Just one thing on saying yes too much um, is like it doesn't have to be a no either if you're taking on too much work. It can be a later. 
You know, like yes. we can we can do this work. We just can't start for a month. Yeah, I mean that's a massive thing. I've, I've, it's another another conversation almost. But I, I book stuff out into the future quite a lot, and people ask mm-hmm. me, "How do you do that?" And I'm like, "Well, do you offer that to people?" Mm. Because someone says, "Can I have a, Can I can I have this? I want a, I want a website. Can you do a website?" And you're like, "I can, but it, I, I, it can't happen yet. Like there's a, there's a six week wait. Yeah, eight weeks. People, people often say that's fine. Yeah, and uh, surprisingly en- enough is that often that makes you more attractive, but that's let's not yeah, dwell too yeah. much on, on that so stuff. Don't book but, on that. <laughs> so yeah. into out, outsourcing then, um, you know, and this actually ties into another a dot point that I've got here, which is actually give a shit about your time. Um, yeah. So, so many agencies just don't rate their time at all. Like, it, you know, I think everyone, because then what, what ends up happening if you don't give a shit is you'll, create DIY solutions for things that you could have just paid someone to do or like paid for a software product that just did it. Um, you know, did it and, better. Yeah, did it and better. do it better. Often that's how it works. You know, it's like people yeah. renovate their houses. Like of, of course it looks shit because they renovated it themselves to save a bit of money. Like obviously, well, I save a lot of money sometimes, but like sometimes to me, it just, for, it makes sense to pay someone to do a better job. And, yeah. and this applies to almost everything in your business, right? Like, um, for example, like WordPress maintenance, you know, if you're a web design company and you've got, um, comp- uh, clients on retainer, like to me, it doesn't make sense that you would do all the updates and security and backups and verify the backups and all that sort of shit yourself. When you've got someone like GoWP that will just do it all for you for a ridiculous price that you can mm-hmm. up, mark up, add some extra services on for your clients and, and like charge it up. Yeah, there's still lots of people doing that. They might think, oh, it only takes me a couple of hours a week or whatever. I know, but this all adds up, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. I think you need to come up with a number that you value your time at and it cannot be any less than 50. Like 50 is like, if, if you if you don't value your time at 50 bucks, like- Oh, dude, yeah. Start there. <laughs> like start them, there. Them rookie, them rookie numbers. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they <laughs> yeah. are, right? But some people yeah. like, you know- yeah. uh, don't like and if you actually work out people's effective hourly rate it, by like t- get all the money they make in a year mm-hmm. in a week or a month divide yeah. by how many hours they work most people are on a, like business owners are on on under 20 bucks an hour yeah which mm-hmm. is not acceptable yeah so you know all Agreed. of these things are gonna help you get that up by pricing you know charging more and then doing less work and so if but let's say Again, it's it's like it's like the charging more. Just start on fifty, and then we'll raise this over time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or if you pick a hundred, like a hundred is is a reasonable mm. number. Yep. One hundred and fifty, whatever. If you are gonna save an hour a week, or sorry, an hour a month, or whatever, and that thing costs you a hundred dollars, you're in the green. Yep. Generally, the rule with like um, SaaS products is like ten x, so fifteen. $15 product should save you 150 bucks worth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, that's oh, dude, it, there's also tasks that are more painful as well. Like for me, mm. emails, I don't like emailing and I don't like chasing up emails. So mm. like, for example, content snare, sure. I could ask people stuff by email and chase them up by email, mm. but content snare does that automatically. And so it saves me pain and I don't even know how much time it's saving, but I just know it's saving me pain and I'll gladly pay because I hate that part mm. of it. And I don't have to do it anymore. I just sent you a little. I sent you a fifty dollars voucher via the chat. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Since I can't pass money under the table. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, but no, I mean that is a good example. You know, like people will use Google Drive and like forms and like hack together these checklists and use like this 
an email and you, next minute you've got like five tools that you're trying to wade through for content, uh, even though it seems like you know, it was a good system in Google Drive. Um, you know, I literally had a chat with someone the other day who was using Google Drive, had all the systems set up, like perfectly worded um, documents and checklists for them to tick off and they still screwed it up, you know, and mm-hmm. they've saved a ton of time with content snares. That's, that's a, most software is an example of this. Like this is why you buy software is to get your time back. And obviously it sucks to when you've got to pay for lots and lots of different services. But when the alternative is you not having any time, it's a pretty clear decision. We spend thousands a month on But what's ironic as well too is that the flip side for for us is that that's what we're doing as service providers, right? Like anyone could be going and doing their own website. Like the reason why that they don't do it is because a, they, they value their time more than what they, you know, in their own business Mm. than them sitting there trying to make their own website or they value that the solution that you can give them is greater than what they could do themselves. Mm. It's one of those two things. So it's strange that we all understand that and sell that as a service and yet there's situations where we we forget that ourselves and, and, mm. and kind of skip out and I think it's really important to, to yep. just remind yourself about that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so many different ways that this like, yeah, all different software products is a good example, but even like like hosting and stuff, like if, you're, if you've got hosting that's giving you the shits and you're finding yourself digging in technical things all the time, like you probably should have a better host and pay a bit oh, more for it. So the best example I had yeah. of that was, you know, early on when I was doing website stuff, I used to manage people's emails. And it was just so time consuming. Like it was, I just don't, I just, it just happened by default. That's what I thought mm. I needed to do. Um, and just now getting rid of that. Suite? Yeah, that's right. You just move it along. Here you yeah. go. You get a couple of bucks for the, you know, affiliate and you mm. forget about it. Like, and then the the amount of, you know, pain and time and energy mm-hmm. that has alleviated, for, you know, relief for me is massive. Yeah. So anything, anything that you find painful like that where you just have this massive aversion to doing it. If like, you sigh when someone asks you about it. Yeah. <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing it. You should be finding a better yeah. way, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So email hosting is great. Like if, if you are, if you're listening to this and you're still putting people on like SiteGround or like shared host emails, Jesus, just stop that immediately. <laughs> yep. D Suite or 365. I know some people use Zoho. Whatever. Well, I don't email know. gets you, email gets you support questions and the support that's, questions that's are, my is. email isn't loading on my phone anymore. What yeah. do I do? Yeah. You become Mate, I don't know. So IT. Your phone, you idiot. Like go to an IT person. Yeah. Yeah, but the same the same is with the website itself. You know, if you've got um like someone like GoWP with outsourced your WordPress maintenance, <laughs> then it's like that's not even my problem. Like if I get an email that like the site's down or whatever, it's like no, I'm just forwarding that shit on and probably yeah, they're dude, gonna it looks know like uh, I'm getting a little notification here of uh Amazon gift card being sent to you from Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love Brad service. I, I have yeah. all our sites, even though I'm not an agency anymore, um, all our sites that go through GoWP. Um yeah. I, nice. yeah. Uh, he, he's <laughs> I give him money. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, like that's just an example. You know, it's just a, a service that you don't you shouldn't be doing and it's like other things too like seo right there's white label service providers like um oh seo hive is hive, amazing that's it oh my god Pete yeah, Everett. seo hive.co um yes. i use them so i used to do seo for my clients and i hated it it was one of those things that i used to groan at. you know and it's not that it's bad money it's great money mm-hmm. but i didn't want to do the work mm-hmm. and so when he launched the white label stuff i know pete and um i know jeffrey that he that he's um his mm-hmm. business partner great guys 
Um, and I know they do things right and they're very trustworthy. So I, no hesitation. I've just moved all my clients over um, and it's been great so far. So, um, and, and yeah. yeah, so so having a network of these businesses and people that can take on this work is massive for outsourcing. I think well, yep. I think someone touched on it before talking about like copywriters, for example, like yeah. you shouldn't probably shouldn't be doing copywriting like uh, you can have a copywriter that you work with all the time. Yeah, um, so that's exactly what the way that I do that sort of stuff. And it's essentially have, a, I guess, you know, I don't have formal contracts with people. They're, they're just, you know. I guess verbal agreements, but we uh, we become sort of preferred suppliers, and it's like, well, that's that. These are the three photographers that that I you know recommend and use mm-hmm. locally, and these are the three people that I use for video, you know, editing, and these are the people that I use for, you know, copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is that you sort of work together, and there's opportunities where that copywriter actually might find someone that needs some web design or vice versa, and you know, it actually creates its own pool, its own little network. So, I think you know. With whatever approach you take, like if you can make that a consistent one, then there's benefits from from those relationships. So if you're using the same sort of um, you know company for doing your maintenance, um, it, you know there's there's various options with that sort of stuff. Um, and it's just yeah, you, there's a, a, I guess a knock on benefit from mm. from working with those same people and building those relationships up. Yeah, because I mean, if you're past leads between each other, it's yeah, it's it's pretty good for everyone, I think. Yeah. And I, I I think it's worth having it like you've got it, where it's just a verbal arrangement with people that you trust. Like yeah. I, I think every second designer has had some idea to create like a freelance collective of all these like people together that uh, yeah. then informalize it, and it just it never falls it falls apart, right? No, and if you're going to have agreements, you just keep them basically to um you know like referral fees, like that's the only thing you really need. Mm. Any sort mm-hmm. of you know, so if you're if you're actually giving referrals to people and you and you've got some money transaction you know happening through that you, you probably want some sort of agreement but as far as like you know only working with these people or how much work you're meant to give them or whatever like just keep that stuff verbal and keep it simple yeah so we've talked about like actually giving a shit about your time and getting more of it back with like well saying no um and giving a shit about your time and signing up like so using it and that means signing up for products that are going to save you time and signing up for working with other people that are going to save you time and other businesses. The two other things to me are process and automation. Obviously, I'm going to talk about automation because I freaking love Zapier and I automate <laughs> as much as I, uh, much as I can. I don't want to dig into it too much because I'll talk about that shit all day. Um, you I could buy the course. True. Yeah. If you want to learn how to use Zapier, go to jimmyrose.me, click Zapier course and, uh, you learn Zapier, but I also share a whole lot of um, productivity, just automation stuff on my blog uh, at jimmyrose.me and on my YouTube, which you can click through to there. Um, you know, there are just so many ways you can can automate. I, um, you know, I've literally got a 45-minute presentation on this that I'll link up in the show notes. Just any processes that you're like a manually, you're double handling the same shit between systems or, um, you know, things that require too much email, like, trying to find a time to book or collecting content from clients. Like these are things that can be automated. Um, yep. Text expander. Text expander is huge, man. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, the, got, that's a massive one. Nice. I got a little mini course on that too, but yeah, just <laughs> little like the same, like typing the same shit over and over and over. Um, you can save so much time by using text expander or another equivalent tool that basically creates keyboard shortcuts for things that you type yeah. a lot, including placeholders and stuff. Amazing. Yep. Um, 
Uh, but the other big thing is processes, right? Like I, again, this is another topic that we could talk about for days. And in fact, I have uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah. I've talked about it a few times. So it's, yeah. I don't, big. I think we'll just touch over it, but it's like creating processes for all the different parts of your business. Um, in fact, the, I literally just, the one that just went live today, which was on 97, how to create your processes with say Gabriel. Um, she has a really good framework around like creating your processes from the top down, you know? So at, at the first, the top level process might be, we have a website. It is onboarding design development handover, you know? And then yeah. it's kind of just digging into all of those things, recording all the steps um, so that someone else can take it on. Um, I think that's the, that's the key. Like, and if you're going to try and simplify it and wrap up processes quickly, it's mm. just to do that and not overthink it. Like, you really just look at um, dot pointing and then expanding on those things. So you just yeah. start like treat your business like what are separate departments? Whereas, like, does it go from one task to the another? Mm. And that, that, they're your headings. And then inside that, mm. it's like, well, just focus on one at one time. Don't try and capture everything. But go like, what am I working on at the moment? What am I spending too much time on? Or what's something you know? If there's something you want to outsource mm. to do. They're the ones you focus on, but just start real basic with the dot points. Like this is what happens when a project comes in. Mm. This is the first step. This is the second step, and keep and then and then actually start, you know, documenting within those dot points. But you just yeah, and yeah, the, I think the easiest way to do it is kind of like that. When a project comes in, just have it there with you, and like yeah. the checklist on Follow one it. screen, and literally document everything that you do. Because even um, this is going to help you in, in future jobs as well. As you realize you missed a couple of things, you might go back in and update your process. Yep. You can follow your own processes, even if you don't have team yet, um, just to make everything you do more robust. You know, if you've got a final handover checklist that you make sure all these things are correct on the website before it yeah. goes live. Um, but the easiest way to do this, in my experience, is literally just record it while I'm doing it. Not yep. sit there and go, I think these are all the steps. Just do it. Like yeah. if it's in your yeah. head and you've got it in there already, you'll go through and it's like, okay, now I need to tick this box and then do this thing and just freaking write it down. Take screenshots yeah. as necessary. It'll take you longer. And everyone's always like, oh, I don't have, I don't have the time to do it. Just fucking There's do it. There's your gong. There's your yeah, gong. Yeah, gong. It's my <laughs> mindfulness gong. Do a little. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I'm sick of hearing shit like I don't have time to create processes. It's like saying mm. I, I'm too busy to save time. Yeah. It just, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it, it happens when you're trying to do it outside of your day-to-day stuff. If you're doing it while you're doing the work, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes it take a little bit longer, but then it has the upshot of number one, you get a lot more clear on what you're do- clearer around what you're doing. Um, and generally you re- realize you just missed a step when you have to write it all mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Um, and like, Ooh, I forgot to do this. Um, and then two, it puts you in a position that if you want to get like some sort of scaling in place, um, then you have your processes there that you can hand off to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And we've just done it again, haven't we? We're going to lead straight into the <laughs> final point of this episode. You, that this was that was potentially a bit of an intentional. Uh, <laughs> end, so. Well done, good segue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So scaling is the last thing I think. Like that's a, a big problem for many agencies. Which actually is kind of, it's a problem because of a lot of the stuff we've already spoken about, right? Yeah. Like saying yes to too many things, not like not tracking time, not, not charging enough. It becomes a problem to, to scale this up. But there's also another problem here in like, if you do everything bespoke, it can be very, very hard to scale. Um, 
Now, there's another side of this, like, do you even need to scale? We just had a, the episode with Nick, episode 90, was all about, like, anti-scaling and actually coming back and making more money by dropping back to a company of one. Yep. It's looking at profit, I think, and this is a topic actually Corey gets really excited about. Um, anytime <laughs> someone talks about fees, he's like, don't worry about fees, look at your profit. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're making good profit, I mean, you know, I, I know people, I actually know people who turn over over a million dollars a year um, who and make broke. less profit. <laughs> they make less profit for themselves. Yeah. They're taking less money out than I am making nowhere near that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, nowhere near that. Um, so you can potentially generate, you know, if you're if you're bringing in 150k a year and your profit on that is like 130k a year, <laughs> then you know you're you're probably doing better than most agencies that are making a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 identifying like what do you actually need you personally? What do you need and what are your goals? Um, so yeah, I'm sure Corey has some. Uh, some well, I was going to say as well, just us. on the idea of scaling, and this is the the whole thing is I think for people. There's, and this is something we've talked about too, is there's like, I guess it's the question of what actually is scaling. And, you know, there's the idea of growing a team and building that team up and having more people. Um, but it's, I think scaling is a personal thing. Like what, what do you actually want from scaling and what do you mean by scaling? So is scaling and why are you scaling? So a lot of people are going to put more bums on seats and hire more staff to have more profit. And it, that's not the only way of doing it. So I think, the scaling thing, everyone just sees as this one-dimensional thing that it means hiring more people and, and having a bigger yeah. team means you're scaling. And I don't see that that's what it is. I think scaling can mm-hmm. be becoming more profitable, doing more work, having bigger impact. Like let's say your goal is to um, help agencies or, you know, like your 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 um, course with doing the uh, automation, right? Like scaling that doesn't mean doing extra stuff it means helping more people so it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you need to end up having a team of 50 people doing your makeup and you know getting your lighting (laughs) perfect right like scaling can just mean helping more people Mm -hmm. so i think that's a real big thing for me around scaling that that everyone just gets focused on you know oh it's just three of us we're small or it's just me i'm just small and I'm not a, you know. I need to, I need to get bigger. I need to I get need bigger. To, and when I get like, bigger, why? This, is, this is the big thing. Yeah. I think that when I get bigger and when I take someone else on or when I take on that fifth person or the sixth, that, that's when I'll be profitable. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Get the profit right or, first. Or, mm. or that's when I can charge more. That's when I can charge more, yeah. When I'm bigger, I can charge more. It's like, um, yeah, there's a gap here because how gap- do you get bigger when you're not charging enough? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's, it's like a false... <laughs> Metric, you know, uh, people equate it's team size metric. with professionalism yeah. or like mm. confidence or something. It's just like no, like you can charge the same now and have it as just you. That's that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that's the real big thing for me with scaling. But um, yeah, I just I, if if you are going to scale though, like let's say people are listening, um, I guess i don't know many people that have scaled bespoke services very well without just having more bums on seats right and and yeah. i see this all the time with with agencies that do scale up there's a really famous one here in australia like one of the biggest high growth agencies whatever it is um you look at their reviews everyone fucking hates them like yeah. i don't know how they just they're good at marketing and stuff and it's just like customer service goes to shit because they've got too many people and they're trying to grow too fast yeah um and then, then the problems with the scaling there is when, when it's bespoke is it's trying to find the right people at the right level at the right price points. And, you know, hiring gets becomes a really big problem because, um, you know, if you're not selling something that's sort of 
productized or systematized, then you're selling essentially a clone of what you're already doing. Mm. And so you need to find people as good or better than you and you, and and with, within your profit margin too. Like it's mm. easy to find people that are better than you, but they, they might be charging more than you can afford. Yeah. And I can say pretty much every agency I know that is like, you know, quote unquote scaled, you know, they're quite a large agency yeah. doing well, um, high profit margins, all yeah. of them, just mm-hmm. about every single one of them are productized. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is, you know, if you're interested in learning a bit more about productization, um, read the book Built to Sell. That's the classic go-to book in this space, mm-hmm. um, just about productizing services. You know, it, it, it walks through like a fake story of an agency that's doing everything. Literally, it takes the agency model and then they, they niche down into logo design and it becomes a system and then they can hire more people to do the thing. And then they can charge more because it's they're specialists in what they do. So, Productization yep. is is huge if you do want to scale. Yeah. And, of course, recurring revenue. I put a dot point in there, but I really don't think that's something we should dig into too much because, like, that is, that's a huge topic, you know. That can be part of the SEO stuff we were talking about before, like working with um, – actually, scaling, like you said, it can just be just you or a couple of people where you've scaled with actually external services helping you out with things like of the course. SEO yeah. Hive. Well, um, it's actually funny you say that, right? So what's happening um, What's happened with me is I got rid of my team, went back to me, charged more money. Um, I mean, well, same money as what I was charging to have this entire team doing all this custom work, mm. pretty similar uh, levels of fees. Um, and now it's like, well, I for me to actually do anything, I need to outsource things because I can't do all of the things myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I my profit margins are pretty massive on what I do. And I can actually afford to outsource and still be highly profitable um, and still deliver a good result for the clients as long as the things that they're coming to me for, I'm still doing well. Yeah. Um, so you start then going, okay, you start becoming even more protective of your time because you know that it's really costing you money yeah. when you stuff around. So then it's like, okay, now it's like, okay, SEO goes straight away. Um, you know, the I'm in the process of doing the, um, uh, the care plan stuff and getting rid of that. Um, it's just, you know, I've got to get people back onto proper um, proper amounts again because I had a mm-hmm. couple of people that discounted heavily. <laughs> so, get them all on proper amounts. Um, you know, it's because of the COVID-19 stuff, I had to discount heaps um, uh, just to help them out. So, get them back to proper rates, then get rid of that too. And then, bang, I'm, I'm again, focusing yeah. and targeting, doing the sweet spot stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, having that, having that recurring revenue, like, in these situations is just so key to being able to scale. Like it's, if you are trying to put on and, and this is scaling in, in Corey's uh, the, well, the method that Corey doesn't like, if you're going to hire someone else uh, like having that recurring revenue, like that guaranteed revenue the next month makes it so much easier to balance. Oh, hundred percent. It reduces the risk so much. But I think that that goes back in line with, you know, the recurring revenue. If you're doing that really well, that generally sets, tends to say that you're that's that part isn't bespoke like if it's mm. recurring revenue um, yeah so i think that's where i'm not Prioritize. i don't i'm not against scaling through through growing a team yeah i'm yeah. just saying that that's that's a place where people get stuck on and i think that there's yeah no no i agree um but yeah and, and, and it, it's just that it doesn't fix your problems it's, it's more, it's more, all yeah right. and all of this shit ties into each other too right like the For charging sure. charging enough also applies to recurring revenue and care plans and retainers, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're oh, yeah. charging- the margins 50- are too thin on anything. Like that affects yeah. all of those things, you know? Like, yeah, like, the point. The, like 50, 50 buck care plan, like you may as well not bother. 
Yeah. You need, yeah. You're going to need, well, like, again, do the maths on how many of those you need to make a real amount of money. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to work out. Fori and I were talking about this yesterday and we were talking about this agency we know that has over 400 clients on their care plans, Oof. but <laughs> they're struggling. That's if struggling. I had 400 yep. clients on a care plan, I can guarantee you I wouldn't need to do anything but else. Like they must have people on there for 10 bucks. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But then, like, then the flip side, and this is, again, with chasing the numbers and me and Nick, same, probably the same conversation we were talking about this, is that you, you have the situations where people focus on numbers and they'll see something like a recurring revenue where someone might have someone for a $5,000 a month, you know, recurring revenue retainer or something. And it's like things like that don't mean shit it's, uh, until you break down how much work is being done. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about yeah. like all of this stuff comes down to, I guess, having enough profit in there so that this is the best way to do it, to have enough profit in there so that you wouldn't have to do the work yourself. Whether, regardless of whether or not you choose to do it, like if you could pay someone to do it or if you mm-hmm. can't pay someone to do the work that you and do still yourself make money. and still and have still some money, money left over. Yeah, then- that's a really good metric. Yeah, because like it's like, oh, I'll just do it because I can't afford someone else to do it. Then you're not charging enough. Then you're not up. charging yep. enough. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, the way that I that I do that with myself is actually pay myself a wage. Yeah, and then you've got to. I pay myself a wage, and then I have my own personal savings, and my business has its own savings, mm-hmm. and that's how I know that I'm profitable as a human, as a single, like as an, and then I know that my business is profitable. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's been the only way that I've been able to do that easily but i think mm. yeah that metric of going if i had to pay someone else to do that would i have any money left over is the basis of if you have a profitable business and Nailed. this actually leads then into like when you do go down the path of finding people it's like it's very tempting to go for the cheapest possible option yeah. and like essentially trying to hire monkeys right like um <laughs> and yeah like because you're just paying to follow peanuts. the process sort of yeah. thing yeah that's right you know and it's like no like make sure like you're really careful about who you hire as well you know if you're going to bring people on whether they're an outsource provider whether they're an employee or whatever um don't just find someone because you know they're going to be super cheap like i mean that can that can be fine if they're not going to let you down Mm. um so you know and and part of that is obviously your systems and processes but then also um them and their work ethic and and their mindset and you know if you get on with them and you know if if you can see that they have a track record of, of doing things well and not letting people down. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll link up yeah. to a couple of episodes about hiring as well. Cause that's again, another talk for days about that shit. I, man, this thing, this has been one monster <laughs> chat. <laughs> I don't even know how long we're going. It's going to be close to two hours. It's a big, <laughs> Yeah, Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah, no, now, right. now Spotify will buy you. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of <laughs> Jesus. That that whole thing is such a joke. Uh, I talk about that for an hour too, if you like. So, <laughs> Spotify, if such we, a shit podcast. App. If we sit here long enough, we could actually make this all the way to the 200th episode. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, honestly, I listen to podcasts where there is. Um, they go for two, like nearly two hours and like the value can be mixed, right? This one, I feel like you guys have absolutely slammed. Like we've gotten through so many things. People hopefully are like blowing up right now. Um, the, I, I just hope this is a podcast I can refer back to many times in the future. Be like, you're struggling, go here <laughs> and go to like four, minute 48, and 32 <laughs> seconds. Um, guys, this has been awesome. Uh, Corey, Nick, Thank you so much for joining. And congratulations on the 100th episode. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Congrats. <laughs> That's huge. Guys, thanks for everything you've done on this episode and in the groups. Um, where can people go to connect with both of you? Corey, I'll start with you. 
Um, just uh, just find me at coreydodd.com. Um, contact details, it leads to a few other places. I've got my, you know, agency and stuff like that. So mm. coreydodd.com is... Dodd with place. two Ds at the end. That is it. D-O-D-D. Yep. Nice. And Nick? Um, say my website, like nickgulick.com, uh, except it's really hard to contact me on that website. I have zero menus, <laughs> zero contact details, but I'll, I'm going to actually change that soon. Yeah. Um, nice. Otherwise, you'll probably see me. Yeah, you'll see me probably talking crap in a group somewhere. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I do. Absolutely. That was <laughs> Nick, G-U-L-I-C.com. Was yeah, 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 and right. yeah. So join join the Facebook group, uh, grow your web design business by Content Snare, and you'll see us all in there, and most of the other agency Facebook groups as well. Yep. <laughs> Guys, it is lunchtime, and I'm hungry. As I am going to call this. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. Thanks for having us. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. That was an absolute monster. If uh, if you have any questions or things you'd like to say. Uh, please head over to agencyhighway.com slash 100 and drop in a comment there. See if we can actually get a few comments on this episode. Do that it. would be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. And I will see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.